Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three. I'd like to take a moment before we begin to thank the community for helping to save the life of one of our tavern cats, Momo. There are a few anonymous donors who I'm very thankful for. You know who you are, so I'd like to thank the following for donating to our GoFundMe. Steve Spaulding, Okori H., Jessica Morris, Sally Pritchard, Stephen Strapel and Griffin Norman of the Hideous Laughter Podcast, Eric Kaiser, Crux F., Gavin Phillips, Josh, a.k.a. Saverick, and Tim Demuse of Fillmore's Crossing. It's thanks to all of you fine folks that Momo got her emergency surgery and is on the mend. Here is a little thank you from her. Now, let us begin as our party lays down to sleep in the Blackfish Tavern. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, uh, y'all had uh, come together and cleared out a small section of sewer as well as the basement slash cellar of the Blackfish uh, and gotten your reward of 150 gold split amongst you as well as free room, board, uh, food, drink, all that stuff uh, from the Blackfish at least for a reasonable amount of time. Um, You'd also gotten various uh, things done. I believe Lark um, is working on an outfit for Adira. Um, you had, you Leaf had made a donation to the church and received a job from them to go to Starlight and retrieve some wood for them so that they could do repairs. Brock had received a letter from some of his traveling companions uh, from a long time ago, long-ish time ago, saying that they were going to be in Starlight for the end of year festivities. And while that's a while off, <clears throat> it seems that the group altogether is having various reasons to move on from this place and head that direction, which makes it convenient. Riley is looking for Victoria, his childhood love interest and Lark is in in search of a man with red eyes like his. Did I miss anything? Nope, that sounds about right. Oh, and Box is following Leaf. That's his motivation. Correct. And I'm there also. <laughs> yeah, Foresight's like, I want to write about Adira. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. He, he's been, he's been, um, he's been Shanghai'd. Uh, kind of like peer pressured into this group almost. Yeah. <clears throat> that peer pressure's a bitch, I tell you. Uh, so, as we left off, you were all going to bed. Now, with the rains outside, thunder crashing across the uh, scope of the city every now and again, it doesn't really bother you anymore, having been here for a little while. And you all drift off to sleep. But not all of you are sleeping soundly. Brock. Your dreams are vivid. Strange. They fade in and out and become ever more absurd and frightening. You see your family down in Aidenfell. 
You see them running, screaming, as enormous monsters, Duragar and Drow overtake your home. Then it becomes strange and the rocks themselves start to shapeshift and morph and become odd creatures, things that don't look like they should be alive, that don't look like they should exist. And they begin fighting back, but not entirely against the monsters, the drow and the duragar. They're attacking your family, they're attacking your clan. You, your dream shifts to the surface, the place where you are felled by orcs. And they're attacking them, and they're looming over you, their freakish visages causing you great stress and terror. Until, after a moment, the freakish creatures around you begin to back away. You're utterly surrounded in every direction. They begin to back away, and a path opens. What do you do? He would hesitate, you know, kind of fearfully look at these giant creatures that he has seen destroy his home. But he would slowly begin to walk the open path, keeping an eye out and make sure none of these creatures move. In no meaningful way do they approach you. You walk down this path, it winds, even spiraling outward. After a few minutes of walking, you find an opening, a clearing of these creatures. Inside this clearing rise eight spires of stone and flesh, impaled upon each one of them the orcs that almost killed you. Standing in the center, a strange creature, nearly humanoid, but its arms are grotesque and long, its pink, pulpy flesh twisted and distorted, its wide, open mouth filled with gnashing teeth, and it has no eyes where its eyes should be, but two great bulbous wings sprout from its back, and they are covered in eyes. It's at that moment that you wake up in a sickened sweat. And I need you to make a fortitude save. Nine. Okay. You take... Ooh, that's bad. Um, you take three con damage. And you take... God. One dex damage. Oh, God. You have filth fever. Oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> and you were just having a terrible... Fever dream. But even Brock is not the only one with strange dreams that night. Going back into the other room, Foresight sleeping soundly. Adira, however, tosses and turns. In her dream, the world is dark. An eclipsed sun hangs overhead, and it is silent. Oh, so very silent. Too quiet. Nothing natural can happen here. Panic begins to set in because you know where you are. And as a scream of a tortured soul being captured nearby sets you off, what does Adira do? Runs the other fucking direction. Adira runs and runs 
However, unlike her memories, unlike when she was there, she begins to tire. She can't keep her breath. Shadows shift in the surroundings. A great tower in the distance, pumping billowous smoke and putrid fumes. You see shadows eclipsed against it, moving toward you. You can't catch your breath. You get closer and closer and closer. You wake up with a scream. I need foresight to make a perception check. All right, you would definitely um, be startled awake by this sound. Uh, Adira jolting straight up out of her bed. A shrill scream. Uh, and I would... Well, actually, I'll need everybody else to make a perception, too. Well, fuck, everybody. Go ahead and call those out. Riley got 10. Foresight rolled a 19. Leaf got a 22. Um, I got a, a 21. I had a 22. So, uh, Brock... You find that your dream was interrupted. Perhaps it was going somewhere else. But a shrill scream woke you from this fever dream. Lark, you were dreaming too, but this will have woken you as well. Leaf, you hear a scream from next room and are bolted awake. So the only person left sleeping is Riley. Perfect. She's just... That sounds about right. Pour himself out with us where rats. <laughs> but a moment ago... A moment ago, Lark. Lark was still sleeping. Lark was still dreaming. His dream starts out not unlike Adira's, in a dark place with an eclipsed sun overhead. But the sun is not the dull orange of Abaddon. The sun is a blood red. You stand on a small island of ash and dirt, surrounded by a sea of thick black fluid. There is barely a sound of rushing air around you as you sit up and find yourself on the small island, nothing in the distance, just a eclipsed red sun hanging overhead. What do you do? Uh, and you said around me is just like black pools, is that what it is? Like you're in the middle of a sea of this black viscous fluid, yes. How, like how deep in it, in it am I? Um, you are on a small island of uh, like ash and dirt. Oh, I understand. Okay, how big is my little island? Uh, it's only about eight feet across in every direction. Okay. Um, I look around. How, how vivid is this experience to me? It is very vivid. It is as if you are there. Interesting. Uh, you do not realize that you are dreaming. Okay, that's fair. Um, okay, so... Uh, I will approach, I guess, the shore of my little island. As you do, the black fluid nearby begins to bubble. Do I detect any smells? It has a acrid scent. Somewhat like tar, but not quite. It also has this sickening, deep scent. Scent that reminds you of death. But 
only slightly. Okay. Uh, do I have anything on me? Uh, you have whatever you were sleeping. Okay. Uh, regardless, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to grab a handful of ash, and I will um, basically sprinkle it inside of the um, uh, the tar. Like, how does it react? Does it sort of, like, stick to the surface? Does it, like, bubble down? Does it, like, evaporate in a puff of smoke? The liquid begins to froth and agitate, almost like uh, vinegar and baking soda. All right. Well, that's not good. I back off. And it begins to spread. And you see the face of your sister, the face of your mother. They float to the surface as this frothing subsides. I, I reach for them? As you reach for them, their arms, too, will come out of the slime and grip onto your arms and begin to pull you inward. But they stop. They don't submerge you. Okay. As you look around, you see the entirety of your clan. Their faces begin to surface. They look like they're asleep. Alright. But then, a great surge of this fluid begins to lift up as if something massive were surfacing. And it breaks. A great shelled monstrosity. It holds some resemblance to an armadillo, but only vaguely. And it is many, many times larger than yourself. Its eyes are closed as it rises up out of the dark, gooky fluid. When Am I attached open, to this thing in any way? You're not attached to it. Okay. Uh, but your, your mother and sister's arms are still holding you into the slime. Okay. It raises up, and its eyes are still closed, but it halts. It stops rising. It looks like its legs are still beneath the surface. Do you do anything in particular at this point? Um, how is my clan family reacting to this? Like, my, uh, my, my tar family, rather. Uh, they are not. Once again, they act as if they are asleep. Okay. Um... In that case, I would not react one way or the other. I would just basically like look up at this thing. They don't want to break the connection that I have to uh, to my ancestors here. But at the same time, I, uh, I'm I'm slightly concerned about this giant uh, menacing figure. Does it is, does it seem aggressive at all? Uh, it has not taken any physical action. Okay. Plus, I don't really have anywhere to go, so I just look at it. All right. After a moment, its eyes will open. They're strange. The pupils are almost square, each corner spiraling off throughout the iris. The iris itself, a crimson red, shocked with a sharp orange color. All right. And you hear in a very deep voice, you are the last. You are mine. I'm the last what? Shung Derno. You cursed your clan. And you shall pay. And at this point, the faces of your clan, they begin to stir. They begin to stand up out of the slime as if it were only a mere inch thick. And they start to twitch, moan, 
scream even. They begin to coalesce around you, grabbing you, and shoving you under the dark fluid. You gasp and try to breathe, and then there's a scream, a scream that doesn't fit someone else's scream, and you start awake. All right. So, Riley, happily sleeping off a dream about were-rats. Uh... <laughs> Or something else, maybe. Um, everyone else, however, has started awake at Adira's scream in the other room. What is everybody doing? Well, Brock would jump up immediately from his own dream and then recognize the scream, but with the hit he just took from this fever, he's probably not even really able to get up. He's probably trying, but he's probably struggling to. Yes, your body being very much in a state of almost delirium as you are not up to 100% and your dexterity has taken a hit as well. You're clumsy and fall out of bed before being able to stand. Uh, foresight. Okay. Uh, foresight immediately jumps up and moves over to Adira's side, asking her, what's wrong? What's wrong? Uh, He's extremely nervous, and there's genuine fear across his face as he's really, really unsure what to do and uh, doesn't know. That was a pretty terrifying scream. It's unaccustomed to people having nightmares. Adira would take a couple of seconds to catch her breath. Um, I'm sorry. I've escaped the physical reality of Abaddon, but it seems that... Uh, I cannot escape it in my dreams. Are, are, are you, um, alright? Okay? I will be. See, they can't go on forever, right? I... I presume nothing goes on forever. Adira. Yes? You're less familiar, save for your memories of of the queen you're very unfamiliar with the people of this world but you are familiar with the people of other planes go ahead and give me a knowledge planes check okay that's i click the little gear is that what i click no you click the skill itself the name the name is okay so that's a 21. all right so you realize, it takes you a moment, but seeing his face, the the almost glow about him, even here in the dark, that foresight isn't what he perhaps initially appears to be. He's not this somewhat elven fellow, uh, half-elf or some descendant thereof. But he's touched by a celestial blood, and you can tell that. You can feel it from him in this moment. That he is very likely an Azamar. It's not something he's told the group. She's not going to call him out on it. All right. Um, from my point of view, uh, when I wake up and everything, I don't know if everybody's paying attention to the whole scream and everything, but uh, Lark is going out for a walk at this point. Okay. When you first wake up, uh, of course, Riley's just... Yep. <laughs> um, 
so you go to exit your room. Uh, go ahead and make me a perception check as you do. Will do. Bring it up here. Okay. Okay, um, perception. Uh, that is a result of 12. Result of 12. You would hear from the next room to you as you exit uh, some clambering and struggle like somebody fell out of bed. Okay. Uh, what is Leaf and Box doing? Uh, if he hears the shout, then that's where he'd be headed. If, uh, you know, the first thing, he hops up and uh, he, like, checks to whoever's in the room. I, f I forget who I was boarding with. Uh, Brock. Yep. Is, is Brock present? Well, he would have been the one. He he woke up just before her, and he clambered up, but he's feeling extremely ill, so he would have fallen out of bed. Okay. Uh, but from, like, his sleepy recollection, the shout would have come from outside the room, right? Yes. Uh, you would have you realized that it came from the next room. Okay, so I, I guess like he he hops up and he he goes to check with Brock. And he he's he's readying himself to say, you know, oh, did you see that or did did you hear that? And uh, then he he sees that this fellow's rolled out of the bed himself. And uh, so I I'd like to go over and I guess check to make sure he's okay. Like, is is he awake? Is he aware? Uh, yes, he he he's not like unconscious or anything. I would I would probably be sweating just one from the dream and two from the fever, but I would I would hold up a hand and I'd just be like go see what that was. All right, and he he just you know kind of gives military style bark toward uh box and he says box come and uh, plows through the door out into the hallway. All right, so Lark, you've passed through your door already, uh, and we're heading down the stairs when right. another door behind you busts open and you hear the sounds of running uh, heading down the hallway. Okay. I, uh, I generally ignore it um, because I have other more pressing things in my mind right now. The uh, large dream would have particularly disturbed. Alright. So you continue downward. I would probably be visibly upset. Alright. So you continue down into the uh, tavern. Uh... Meanwhile, Leaf and Box, you run to the third door, and it is locked. Uh, what do right. you do? <laughs> uh, Leaf just looks at Box, and he points at the door. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, you know, sapling treants get double damage versus objects, so he's going <laughs> to take it to Pound Town. All right, um, go ahead and roll an attack and damage for, uh, for his <laughs> slam. I believe it and is. While, while he's doing that, Brock would be trying to get to his feet and get over there. It would probably take him a moment. Okay. This this is knocking up until the door comes apart. Alright, so um, the like, y'all can hear like running coming up just outside the door and then there's just a big wooden fist that goes through the door and leaves a little hole. Is everything okay? <laughs> Yo. Yes! Yes, yes, yes! Um, <laughs> There's another <laughs> scream. Ah! <laughs> this one comes from Foresight. <laughs> what was that shouting? Uh, I, sorry. Um, I, I'll go open what's left of the door. Um, sorry, it 
was it was just a nightmare. Did did I uh, see who who was it that was walking out as I was like strolling towards the door? Um, make a perception. Uh, I will apply any bonuses or penalties to it. Okay, uh, that's gonna be a seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, you would have noticed with a, a brief glance that Lark uh, looked visibly very disturbed uh, and and worried. I uh, was heading down the stairs. There, there has to be more than this. Brock looks ill. He's fallen out of bed, and Lark seems to be troubled, and uh, he's muttering to himself as he walks out. Are you, are you sure you're okay? I'm okay. Foresight. If somebody's ill, perhaps you should check on them. You're, you're, you're a healer, right? I'll see what I can do. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll lead him back over. Uh, All right. Lark, Lark was acting strange. I spotted him on his way out. Uh, he seemed to be withdrawn within himself. Meanwhile, Lark, you hit the tavern floor, and not not in a, like a violently. You just yeah. reached the tavern floor. Um, and uh, you would notice that the sleepy man in the corner, or that's normally in the corner rather, is standing behind the bar. He looks very perplexed and is coming out from behind. He's like, "Hey, you! What's going on up there?" I uh, head out the door. Oh, he he just very incredulous <laughs> and he starts running up the stairs. All right. So, is there anywhere in particular you're going, or are you just gonna wander the streets? Uh, right now, what I'm doing is I'm wandering the streets, basically trying to um, get a uh, um, a hold of myself. Like I said, this is, would probably have been a very disturbing dream for Lark. Uh, he's probably just trying to uh, rationalize it at the moment. No, it's probably just a nightmare. It's probably just like uh, my own fears coming back to me and yada, 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 yada. He's rationalizing it away. Uh, can I give you a will save just to give me a general idea of how long it would take for Lark to uh, get his uh, get his wits back? About Absolutely. Him. Okay, that is a critical <laughs> failure. I think that's probably going to be bugging you for quite a while. I don't know that you'll be able to shake it this evening. Yeah, that was a very, uh, very realistic dream. So Lark's going to be gone for the next 24 hours. Okay. Meanwhile, Leaf, you're leading Foresight back to uh, your room where... Um... Oh, I need Riley to make a perception again. Oh, I can do that. Maybe. 17. You heard a loud crash as uh, as a Trent punched through a door. Um, and you start awake. Uh, Lark is not in your room. The door is left slightly ajar. Uh, and you can hear the sounds of uh, shuffling and, and whatnot outside. Well, this is all certainly shady. So the immediate reaction is go for the rapier and head outside. As you open the door, a man comes barreling up the stairs towards you. Uh, he, you recognize him uh, despite your, your haze. He is the sleepy man from the corner of the bar. I tell him to halt, and what is going on here? That's what I'm trying to find out. What the hell's going on here? Why have you got your weapon drawn? I heard a loud crash. Things seem ominous. As did I. He, they, he looks over. What's going on here? Brock would finally make it into the doorway. He would look out. He would go. 
What's going on here? <laughs> what is going on here? Riley yells down the hall. It was a dream. Okay, I had a nightmare. I have nightmares because of my past. I didn't mean to upset everybody. Yes, but where is Lark? Uh, I don't know. As I was saying, I, I believe I saw him walking out as uh, the shouting happened. Curious. I'll go see if I can find him. Meanwhile, I think we should tend to Brock. He he appears to be ill. He was sweating. No, it was it was merely a dream. I don't <laughs> I don't I I should be fine. It's it's nothing. He doesn't look fine. His normally dark earthen skin is ashy, almost sandy looking, and he's wavering on his feet. Huh. Foresight. Do you think you, you'll be able to tend to him? Despite his protest, and I just kind of shoot a glare his way? I'm actually looking for the DC on how to identify a disease. Uh, it's a heal check against the DC of the disease. That's how to treat it. I didn't see identifying it. Just roll a heal and hope the number's real big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. If it's big enough, he might just go. Yeah, that, that works. Not, not too big. That'd be a nine. It's not a um, disease you're familiar with, or perhaps it's just not presenting in this strange earthen man in a way that you're familiar with. Mm. But he is definitely ill. He is running a fever. You prescribe he should drink more water. Ha. Um, well, he's most certainly he's most certainly ill. I'm not entirely certain certain of the illness. Uh, so I do know that if I can get some herbs, I could make a general cure all. Um, perhaps we should bring him to the church to make to better identify whatever's ailing him. As I said, it was I, I just woke from a dream. It should it should pass soon. Mm. It was, it was quite, quite a horrible dream, though. But you still seem to be sweating profusely even after the dream, unless it was truly terrifying. One would most certainly attribute that to being ill rather than just uh, a moment of terror. Feel his forehead; he's feverish. I would, I would like to self-diagnose if possible. I roll a heal check on myself. It's cancer. That's, that's a flaw. Do, do, do I trust their judgment? You're you're pretty sure that um, because like the places where you were bitten, though the wounds are closed, they're throbbing, and like the pain, there's some pain that like radiates out of that. You're pretty sure that those rats biting you probably infected you with something. Uh, you've seen this happen before in places of particular squalor, as well as filth fever. Okay, then, uh, then at your protest, I would kind of look myself over, and I would be like, maybe, maybe you are right. Maybe I should, uh, maybe going to the church wouldn't be so bad. Better safe than sorry, no? That is, that is a wise philosophy. Alright, so Adira's running off after Lark. Um, what is Riley doing? 
So Riley's going to, um, assuming Adira like immediately ran off, he's going to rush back to his room to like throw on a cloak or something so that he's at least kind of appropriately dressed um, and then rush after her just because it's late. All right. So y'all get outside. Go ahead and make me a perception check. And uh, Lark, uh, were you just going for a walk? Were you running? Were you trying to put as much distance between you and here as quickly as possible? I yeah, I'm I'm moving very quickly. Uh, I wouldn't quite say I'm running. Um, I'd say it's somewhere between a walk and a run without quite counting as a jog. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, you're hustling. Um, then. Yeah, like a fast walk, like a hustle. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that would put you at a hundred and twenty Um. All right. So neither of you notice him specifically, but uh, Adira, you do notice someone walking very far down the alley at a quickened pace uh, just before they turn down another side street. I will take off that way. All right. Riley follows. Tell me one, two, three, or four. Adira and uh, Riley. Um, two. I like three. All right. So, uh, y'all get to another point. Y'all, y'all make the same junction that you saw the person uh, turn around and and travel down that way. Uh, make perceptions. Thirteen. 18 again. Alright. So, Adira, you're pretty sure um, you see someone uh, continuing down this main march that you're that you're going down, but uh, because you see you see both people, like there's someone going down another way, there's someone going down, and you've got a good feeling that it's the person going down. Riley, you see a person, though you're not sure if it's uh, if it's Lark. Neither of you are sure, absolutely, that it's Lark. But you're pretty sure it's the other person, uh, as far as like your gut feeling. Both of your guts are telling you two different directions. I will just follow my gut, and I'm following her since she seems to be uh, making the judgment calls here. All right, and are y'all like hustling or are y'all running? Oh yeah, she's she's not sure what all's going on. She's in a hurry. All right, sounds fair to me. I mean, there were so, she was screaming. There were sick people. There's people missing. There's people with weapons drawn. All right, uh, Lark, go ahead and give me a perception check. Yes, sir. I got a fourteen on my perception. All right. Um... You would have turned around at some point after turning down yet another alley Mm -hmm. uh, and saw a couple of people rush past, but you weren't sure who they were. So you turn and keep walking. Yeah, I'm I'm basically, I I have no particular aim right now. My goal is just to um, um, get away and be alone with my thoughts. All right. So Adira, you and Riley are able to catch up to this person who's moving a little bit slower. Um, They just seem to be trying to get from point A to point B without getting too sodden. But the person is not 
uh, when when you go up and put your hand on their shoulder or call out to them, and they turn. Oh, yeah, I do not, not touch the person. I I've never had any physical interactions with anybody. Not handshake, nothing. So she definitely would not touch them. All right. Riley would take lead on that. Uh, it is it is not Lark. It is a uh. It's a woman, as, as opposed to uh, the person you were looking for. She's like, can I help you? My apologies. I thought you were someone else. No, I'm not someone else. I'm me. Um, and she kind of, like, nervously backs away and, like, c- continues down the stairs. How suspicious. <laughs> I'll uh, yell after her just to see if she ran into anyone else wandering around late at night. Maybe point us in the right direction. Um, some young boy back up a ways. Um, I passed by him. He went a different direction. Sure, if she gives general directions, that should be decent enough to follow up on. Like, that's literally just what she tells you. <laughs> that is less back, than decent to follow up, up on. Way. But that's okay. Like, she kind of, like, points up the stairs. But, uh, she's generally making her way away from you. That's understandable. Because it is, like, the back alleys and stuff. And while technically this is the middle of the night for y'all, it might not be for other people. Fair enough. Um, Riley looks at Adira and asks, shall we continue yeah, let's, trying? let's try to find him. We make haste. All right. Go ahead and give me a survival check, each of you. Do I have to have ranks to roll that or no? No. How about six? Hey, I got an 18. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, so, while you're not able to find any tracks, um, you do, like, kind of take what, what she told you and, like, what you saw earlier into account, and you find the alley uh, where you saw Lark before. And, uh, uh, and give me your one through fours. Uh, I'll stick with two. I'm staying with three. Okay. Uh, perceptions, please. Nineteen this time. I only got an eleven. So you come to another junction. There's... You see someone heading back up as opposed to down. Um, very faintly in in the distance through the rain. Uh, Adira, you don't see anybody in particular other than Riley. Um, and your gut's telling you that uh, that this is the right way, that that's probably Lark up there. Well, Riley is a man who listens to his gut. Let's give chase. All right. So you run up, but they had turned away just as soon as you uh, started giving chase. So give me another perception. Just Riley or me too? You too. I had a 14. A 6. I'm getting worse at this. <laughs> I'm going you blind. Slowly, you slowly care less of us. You, you're pretty sure you're too important to be out doing this. This is somebody else's job. No, I just, I pretended to be blind for so long, it's actually happening. <laughs> Alright, so you, you run up and you, you see probably 60 feet away this figure. 
Um, would Lark have slowed down by this point at all? Probably not. All right. So still making like haste uh, to some degree, um, ve walking very quickly, but not running. Um, you see a figure uh, down one of the alleys, um, head down, moving forward. Well, I suppose. Well, he sees it. I don't. I don't see shit. Adira, you don't see shit. Yeah. Uh, pointing out that direction, turning to Adira, uh, Riley's going to ask, as a point of thought, can you do that thing with the lights again and maybe shoot them ahead of us to try to get this person's attention? Uh, dancing lights then, as far away as I can get them without them fading. Uh, Lark, give me a perception. Yes, sir. Uh, perception. I have resulted 15. Alright, uh, even with all the penalties, that is enough. Uh, you would notice that some light has appeared behind you, uh, and is, like, casting forward into your sides. Uh, and that behind you, uh, several orbs of light are floating, and you can, and you can kind of make out a couple of people, uh, one of which you're able to recognize Adira just because of her, how fucking pale she is. Or her hair is, rather. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, uh, I look around. Uh, what, what kind of buildings are around me? Um, a lot of these are residential. Um, but uh, you are able to notice a small... It looks like a, a shop that might be open. How many stories high? Uh, two. Okay, is there a lot of, like, clutter or, like, drain pipes or stuff like that? Basically, I'm looking to climb up on top of the building. Um, there's enough. Uh, probably, probably is best to climb the building next to it and then get up on it. Okay, fair enough. Um, but, like, I'm not going to be trying, attempting any, like, difficult thing. Like, I'm not attempting to climb up the sheer wall. But does, does any area look like it would be a relatively easy climb? Yes. Okay, so I will attempt to climb that. Alright, go ahead and give me a climb, or take 10, your option. Okay, I will give you a climb check. Uh, I got a 15 on my climb check. 15. Alright, you are able to just barely make it uh, yep. up uh, a little bit and onto the roof of the shorter building. Uh, the rain makes it very difficult to get a good grip, uh, but you manage. Okay, fair enough. And I continue my... Um... Wandering, this time jumping from roof, rooftop to rooftop. All right. Um, Riley and Adira, give me a perception. <laughs> uh, 24. Five. Uh, Adira, even with the lights, you don't see shit. Um, that rain is just, like, blinding the shit out of you. Um, Riley, on the other hand, you see... Uh, you see him look back, and you can actually see that it is Lark. He quickly looks around and darts up the side of a wall and onto the ceiling, or onto the, onto the ceiling. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, okay. Under the roof of a nearby building. Spider lark, spider lark. Uh, so at this point, since I, I've I've seen that it's him and that he's clearly like climbing stiff stuff to get away from us, can I make a sense motive check to get a sense of why? Yes. Great. I have a plus one to this, so I'm hoping it goes really well. It doesn't. I got a nine. Um, 
he's probably done something terrible. Like, you should probably go back to the inn and check your shit, make sure he didn't steal all your stuff. Uh, <laughs> Riley uh, looks over to Adira and says, well, he's certainly going to great leaps and bounds to escape from us. I imagine he's either up to no good or running away from something that he's done. I feel inclined to go check some of the stuff I left at the Blackfish Tavern. All right. He's really making leaps and bounds. I try. Just for you. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Alright. Uh, so what, what's your next course of action? Unless you disagree, I think perhaps we should return and we'll see in time if he comes back. Alright, um, might as well. I'm soaking wet now. Didn't even think to grab a cloak before we came out in this. Well, I guess those are the magic words. Riley will give her his cloak. It's fine, I'm, I'm already soaking wet. And O'Reilly, being the nice guy he is, is going to give her his cloak. Remarking that it's a shame he hadn't thought of it prior. Thank you. No problem. And we will make our way back to the Blackfish Tavern. Meanwhile, back at Blackfish, uh, Riley and Adira had run off. Uh, Brock, Leaf, Box, and Foresight... Uh, you are all, uh, gathered round, uh, room number two. Uh, the sleepy man, uh, whose name you still don't know, is just like, Oh, what? Oh, God damn, what the hell have you done to the door? Oh, God. Oh, shit, we need to be quiet. Or Carla's gonna hear us, she's gonna wake up, and she's gonna come up here, and we're all fucking dead. You understand? This is nothing that can't be easily fixed. In fact, I'm quite the carpenter. I can have it better back in one piece by morning. Alright, if you can do that, yes, please, please do. Because I do not need to deal with this. I could magically repair the door. Yep, consider it done. Please, please do. Either way, if she sees that, I'm in trouble. You're in trouble. We're all in fucking trouble. You understand? Mm hmm. supposed to watch the fucking place while she sleeps. Shit. I'm gonna go ahead and start casting mending. Alright. I will do so as well. Don't stop all the ruckus. You hear? Shit. And he goes back downstairs. Well, uh, I, I think I'm gonna leave you two to that. I am, I am gonna go lay down. Okay. And Brock will go back and lay down. Alright. He, he feels terrible. Uh, now, y'all can attempt to treat his, uh, his illness if you want. Um, Leaf, you would be available for that at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely make a heal check. Uh, I'd also like to, you know, like bring him water and stuff. Yeah. Alright, that's a 10 on the heal. Healerino. So, you don't happen to have anything on you that would help extraordinarily. So, you bring him water and make sure he stays hydrated. You just try and help him along in that way. But, uh, it's 
it's fairly basic care uh, that you provide. And uh, go ahead and roll for mending uh, uh, foresight. Do you roll for that, or doesn't it just happen? It's 1d4. Oh, yeah, the actual uh, HP. So, like, it, like, comes back together. It's a little dented in, kind of, like, right where his his fist kind of hit it. But, mm -hmm. um, it, it's whole for the most part again. Would I think that there's a chance that if I were to continue, I might be able to repair that dent as well? Yes. Okay. And yeah, he'll go ahead and try to make it as good as when they got there. All right. Um, alright, so, uh, um, you, uh, finish that in about 20 minutes then, because it only has one hit point remaining to be healed, yep. so you can't not do it. Um, what do you do after you're done fixing the door? Tries to go to sleep for, like, five minutes, realizes that everyone's kind of everywhere and that he can't get back to sleep and then he just kind of like paces waiting for people to get back all right puts on clothes so while you're actually laying down trying to sleep um riley and adira you will return to the blackfish wait what's the name of the tavern again blackfish the blackfish tavern yes the mm. blackfish okay tavern. are you just trying to get people drunk I'm trying real hard, man. Well, actually, <laughs> when when I would be brought ale in the bed, or when I would be brought water, I would actually uh, sip it and kind of not feeling better, I would hold it back out and I would be, I would say, uh, ale would probably be better for the, the <laughs> dwarven blood. Uh, I was not aware of that particularity of your biology, uh, but I'll be sure to fetch some. Thank you, Chris. Alright, so you, so you go downstairs to, uh, get him some mail. Alright, so, um... You go downstairs, and the the one man is standing there, he's like, Alright, what, what, you need something? Uh, an ale for my ill friend, please. Ale for the ill. Alright, yeah. Carlos said you all got three drinks, so, yeah. And he, he'll pour an ale and give it to you. Thank you. I'll just fetch it and take it back up. Alright. He would be thanked as he quickly drank the ale. So, um, Riley and Adira, you come back to the Blackfish. Yeah, uh, when we get inside, I'll, I'll give Riley his cloak back. Thank you very much. Anytime. And then, I will probably just go upstairs, get out of these wet clothes, and go back to bed. Okay. Uh, when you enter, uh, Foresight seems to be trying to sleep rather ineffectively. Uh, actually, as soon as you get back, he'll, um, talk to himself for, like, a good three seconds, and they be like, okay, yeah, I got this, I got this break up. Um, is everyone back now? Lark is still missing. Oh. Uh, where, we, uh... where are people? We, we saw him, but he he was running away. Um, Riley said that he thinks maybe he did something bad and trying to run off and not get caught. 
Oh, that's concerning. Um, were people uh, stirring uh, outside? Were people like up? Not many. We uh, we saw another woman, but that was it, really. Okay. Um, Which, the the back streets are not very busy. Uh, it's mainly the main roads that throughout all hours are going to be uh, particularly heavily traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna go see if there's anyone else up at the church because one of us is ill and maybe they could help. Do you, are you gonna be alright by yourself? Do you, do you need company? Uh, I don't know. I would hope so, but I don't know. I'll go with you. I would appreciate that. Riley, what are you doing? Uh, so, Riley's first order of business is head upstairs, and on his way to go check on his equipment, he probably pauses in front of the room and decides to step to the room over to see, uh, to check in on Brock, see how he's doing. He He's chilling in bed with a, with a half-empty ale. <laughs> Riley half-whispers um, from the doorway, uh, you certainly look comfortable. Well, an ale always makes one feel better. So you're feeling better then? Uh, not considerably, but as much as an ale would do. Well, hopefully it begins to clear up in the morning. Rest well, friend. If not, I can always stop by the church and see what this can do. Surely it's an amazing world that we live in. Riley will... Uh bid him a good evening and go check on his stuff to see what Lark may or may not have stolen. Alright, give me a perception check. Well, I hope I fail this one too, because that'll be funny. Uh, 20. Um, you don't see that anything's missing. It looks like everything's there. Go ahead and give me an intelligence check. Five. On the other hand... <laughs> yes, go on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, maybe he stole his own stuff. Uh, curiously, no, I actually haven't taken any of my stuff. Well, so the unfortunate thing is I don't Some know- Some of his stuff is missing. Those clothes he was wearing, they're gone. Oh man, how incredulous. Well, I suppose then, if he doesn't return by maybe about midday the next day, I can just claim all his stuff, because he's probably never coming back. Oh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't claim it in five minutes, legally it's yours. <laughs> Poor Lark. He started this all off by getting kicked out of a hotel, and now everybody thinks he's a thief. And they're gonna steal his stuff in return. Yeah, Lark. So if you could just shoot me a list of your equipment, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, you want to list my equipment? <laughs> no, I'm okay. okay. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll probably kick around some of his stuff just out of curiosity before um, Riley uh, sheds the soap, the socking wet uh, clothing he's wearing and attempts to lay back down. Alright. Uh, is there anything in Lark's stuff that he left behind that would stick out as particularly interesting? Um, maybe the Shadestone? Um... Uh, I probably would have left back my file case. And other than that, it's just like clothes and stuff. Uh, really nice tailoring kit. 
Oh, so it's true. He is good with clothing. Yeah, uh, he, he does look like he has the legitimate uh, trappings of a tailor and a decent or good one at that. Uh, his his kit that he works with is particularly well made. Uh, well then, interesting he'd leave that behind. He'll probably be returning then. But we'll see. Okay. So, uh... Lark, you're out wandering around. Uh, and I need anybody who's staying awake to make a fortitude save. Rock is gonna finish his ale and go to sleep. Uh, Riley was laying down and drifting off. I'm not sure if he'd be asleep by now or not. That's <laughs> up to you. 18. Um, I'll give you a fortitude save, but uh, would I get any bonuses to this roll given um, my current state of restlessness? Uh, no, because it's not like you fail and you fall asleep. It's just this. Okay, because I probably fail. Come... <laughs> right. This, this is like you're you're fatigued. Uh, okay. I think actually not exhausted, but yeah, fatigue would be before exhausted. Foresight roll to seventeen. Alright, so Lark got a 6, um, Adira, you'll be fine, uh, Foresight will be fine, uh, and you two, I believe, we're heading off to the church. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I take it the Church of Abadar, as nobody's gone to any other churches. Which I will grab my cloak this time. Alright. And I believe I stated earlier that I was actually getting dressed this time. <laughs> no skivvy healing? Mm, not this time, unfortunately. That's for Tuesdays. That's for Tuesdays. <laughs> When's Tuesday? Hmm, looks at calendar. No Tuesday on here. Damn! Uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose the rough equivalent Tuesday would be... Uh, Grinday. Give you killings on Grinday. <laughs> and yes, at the Church of Avatar, as there is no other church as far as uh, Foresight is aware currently. Alright. Um, it's also the closest, so. Yeah. Um, you head there. Father Asher is not present at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in the quiet. Uh, of these hours, there are a few folk sitting around in the pews, uh, either praying or doing related business. Uh, but Thawne is sitting over in a chair, looking a little sleepy, but uh, otherwise, uh, otherwise staying attentive to the needs of anyone. Hmm. Well, he's at least got a bit of familiarity here, as he's been here for a while now. Uh, he'll simply walk up and once again after several seconds of conferring with himself uh speak up and say um uh, greetings uh I lost oh, hello foresight uh, how are you doing uh i'm doing well though um one of my to be traveling compatriots has come down with some sort of illness um 
I was wondering if there would be any medicines or herbs that I might be able to make use of so that I might make a curative for them. Uh, give me a moment. Let me see what I have. Uh, and he'll stand up and kind of shake his head, wipe his eyes. Uh, come with me, Forsyth. And uh, he'll lead you into, uh, into the storage room. So Thawne goes about like trying to procure things, uh, but you can give me an herbalist check. Uh, or craft alchemy, if you would rather. Nah. As a matter of fact, I can use herbalism in place of uh, craft alchemy. That is fair. That is a 12. Um, you would be able to look around and pick out a few things, help them along with uh, the procurement of such things. Uh, you're not aware of what everything in here is for or does, mm -hmm. but uh, you know what you're looking for and you're able to pick it out. Uh, you are going to have to do a little bit of uh, finagling because he doesn't have any uh, any of an herb you need called Queen's Breath. Hmm. I can breathe on it. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, so you're going to try and create uh, what, an anti-plague? Uh, essentially, yeah. Like, something that could uh, mechanically give him at least a bonus and possibly a reroll, and or possibly a reroll to save his disease. That, um, you wouldn't happen to have any, uh, gold to donate for this. We do get them at a discount, but it's, it's still, um, costly, these herbs. Of course. Um, you would know that an appropriate um, amount, like, even if you were just, like, shelling out at cost, an appropriate mm. amount would be about, uh, um, 15 gold. Yeah, that's fine. He'll give what he thinks is appropriate. So, uh, Thon will be like, thank you very much. Um, I'll let, uh, the father know when he wakes. I hope you can help your friend. Likewise. Thank you. Not a problem. And then he will return. He And he will return to his chair as you return to the Blackfish. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of returning happening. There is a lot of returning happening. Returning to the Blackfish Tavern. Blackfish. <laughs> Y'all are just trying to kill people at this point. You're a different kind of murder hobo. You're not trying to kill people in the game. You're trying to kill people in real life. I have to earn that real life XP. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> How else is he gonna level up? Can can I go back to the Blackfish Tavern as well? Hmm. Yes. Yes. What, can. Wouldn't that make you a bard if you're killing people with your words? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Well, bard, scald, um, mage with any of the power word spells. I can wake up the tavern cats if y'all like. Um, which which tavern which tavern is that? The, the Blackfish Tavern. Ah, thank you. <laughs> uh, wordcasters, wordcasters can do it from a low level. Dude, if I was allowed to use that mechanic, I would die. It's complicated as fuck, but I allow it. I'm. Oh, damn, damn. <laughs> You're upset that you didn't ask now. 
Too late. A little bit. Can I retroactively play a completely different character? <laughs> don't don't worry, he's gonna kill us all for it's over with anyhow. So you have your backup character planned. I'm so good at healing though. <laughs> I ruined myself. I guess just put me in an anti magic zone. Hello? Can you hear me now? Hello. Yep. You sound ever so slightly more distant. I am ever so slightly more distant. Well, I guess that'll do it. Open up, man. Get a little closer to us. We want to be your friends. Yeah. How's this? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> they encourage you so much. I'm going to send you to live with them. But then I couldn't not wear pants. That sounds like a personal problem. That, I, I disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that statement. Yeah, never say never, man. You disagree with that statement, but it's not because it's it's outwardly imposed, it's because it's self-imposed. Let's get weird. It's a little weird. weird. <laughs> he, he, he has this thing, it's like, uh, my son Josh lives with us, he's our roommate. Anyhow, he, um, if he's home, Sean has to put on pants in the middle of the night to walk out and get him a drink. He will not, will not let anybody see him in his underwear. I'm just saying, it's only weird if you make it weird. We could help you break down those barriers. Hell, the only reason I own clothes is because Josh still lives at home. <laughs> I loved how this has turned into a psychiatric evaluation of why I wear clothes. <laughs> Alright. Sean, we actually all tricked you into this E&D game. This is an intervention. <laughs> against pants? It's an intervention against pants? You don't need the pants. They're holding you back. The pants need you. <laughs> And, and we have just unlocked capitalism here, everybody. <laughs> Nobody buys pants again, we can ruin the system. Uh, okay. Cracked code here. Fuck. Um, here, at the Blackfish. <laughs> <laughs> so, where were we? <laughs> the Blackfish! I believe we were all returning to the Blackfish Inn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are murderers. I was. All I know is I was trying to sleep at the Blackfish Tavern. Okay. I was also trying to sleep at the Blackfish Tavern. I was following Trey back to the Blackfish Tavern. <laughs> and I was returning to the Blackfish Tavern. Okay. I regret making that drinking game. <laughs> Just a little bit. Because we're going to get fucking sued. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, it's probably a better idea to make drinking games after we've recorded, so we don't know what you're gonna do. Well, I mean, technically, that's just for that episode. I could just change it up. Yeah, just don't fucking tell us what it is. Or this is gonna happen every time, because it's really funny. It's really funny, especially at the Black Tavern. <laughs> it's like, right at the beginning of the episode, warning, we have a drinking game. Don't do it or you'll die, but we've got one. Perfect. We have the most extreme <laughs> drinking game ever. Are you cool enough for it? Probably. I do. It's like, it's like you we can only you. play the real one if you're Hideous Laughter Podcast. <laughs> like, everybody else gets a lightweight. Alright, so y'all y'all get back to the Blackfish Tavern. Yes. Uh, and you're going to try and make some uh, 
You just go and try and make some anti-plague, yes? Mm-hmm. Alright, so... You can attempt to make that, I believe. By default, it should... Um, take you a base of four days to complete. Of course, if you exceed, you can make it faster. It's hmm. a DC 25. That's a lot. Yeah. See, it'd be really beneficial if we were level two, because then I'd actually be able to like invest ranks in it instead of rolling a four on the die. So <laughs> you can take ten on crafting, by the way. Yes, you can. Yeah, but that wouldn't that wouldn't be a DC twenty five. Right, but remember, we use a different crafting system. It's not a DC twenty five. Oh. oh, that's true. Oh, it's actually a DC thirty. <laughs> uh, no, give me just a moment I'll give you the DC I will say if it was take tenable then I would uh, it's 18 and I'll give it a plus 2 material difficulty uh, so the DC is just 20 hmm. well I still don't make it nope, no you don't in fact you ruin half of your raw materials sounds about right uh, oh, well. <clears throat> next level I'll actually be good at it. Right. Well, well hopefully you I will make still be working one. on that for a, a few days before you realize you done fucked up. Uh, you begin work on that, uh, or go back to sleep first, whichever is your preference. Nice awake, you may as well. Okay. Uh, and you did make your save, so you're good. Um, everyone else gets the rest of their rest. Uh, is anybody who's still up going to do anything? I'm going to continue wandering on rooftops. I'm going back to bed so that I can take these wet clothes off and hang them somewhere to dry. You mean hang them up so that you can snap at them a couple times? Yeah, probably, but she's still going to go back to bed. Okay. Yes, you have prestidigitation. This is what it is for. That is literally what it is for. It is I have dirty clothes. I have wet clothes. They're dry. They're clean. What even is a stain? I've never heard of this. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so you go back to sleep. Uh, Foresight, you spend some time uh, trying to put together this uh, this powerful cure-all, uh, trying to jerry-rig it with uh, missing some of the herbs you need, but not mm. doing quite so well. Nope. Lark, let's go to you again. You're hopping rooftop to rooftop, road to road. Eventually, okay. Um, then when you need to cross the street, give me an acrobatics check. All right, just give me one moment here. God damn. You know you can almost cross one of the main streets with that? With that 29? I know, right? <laughs> so yes, 29 on my acrobatics check. Um, I'm just going to use that as a baseline, then, yeah. uh, considering between that and 10 is your average. Uh, so, you're doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't fall or even get anywhere close to that, actually. So, you keep wandering, hopping roof to roof. Um, you're not trying to hide, though, right? No, I'm not trying to hide particularly. Um, like, if people spot me... If, if people start bothering me, or, like, if I start bothering people, then I will move on. Um, but really, the only thing I'm really looking for right now is solitude. 
Okay. So like I said, I will continue hopping from rooftop to rooftop until I um, find a, a Batman perch that I can uh, brood over. Um, and uh, without being disturbed. And uh, oh. I will stay there for a while. <laughs> Alright, you, uh, you find a street uh, that looks very vacant, unpatrolled, and not even very well lit at all. So it's very dark there. It's lonesome. The, uh, the street Good, below is not lit. And there's just the sounds of crashing rain. Okay. And uh, I will um, basically uh, find a, uh, an outcropping, a corner somewhere, and I will uh, sort of like sit down there uh, morosely. Okay. Eventually, you would hear someone call out from the darkness, probably an hour down the line or so. Okay. Are you up there? Um, I, uh, I generally don't respond, but I do kind of, like, look around with my eyes. Do I see anything? Uh, make me a perception check. Uh, 17 on my perception. Um, you look around, you look down where the sound is coming from, and you see two little points of, uh, of semi-luminescent light, uh, almost like the light of the moon, uh, but even paler and fainter. Uh, you would recognize this as being, like, uh, someone with dark vision looking directly at you. Okay. Um, I, um... I mean, I kind of keep him in my field of vision, make sure he's not being up to any funny business. If he bothers me enough, I will move on. But uh, uh, for the most part, I just ignore him right now. He looks up at you, and you can tell he's still looking at you. I said, hey, you're mute or something. Um, again, generally just continue ignoring, but still keeping an eye on him. Uh, can I give a sense motive? I want to know what generally, like, is this guy, is this person annoyed? Is this person curious? Um, is uh, this yeah, person, go ahead. like, looking out for an opportunity? Like, that's the kind of information I'm looking for. So I'm going to roll you a sense motive here. Uh, I didn't roll particularly well. I rolled a 9. Um, you're not really sure. You feel like, um, he might be, uh, he, he might just be curious. Okay, but even with a 9, I don't detect any overt threatening overtones? No. Okay, so again, continue, just... So, um, go ahead and roll me another perception check. Okay. A critical success at 27. Damn. Um, so you, you would lose sight of his eyes, uh, given the darkness. But you would hear him, or someone at least, climbing the wall below you. Okay, I would probably just stand up at B and be uh, ready to um, uh, move or run away should the need arise. Um, given where I hear the climbing coming up from, do I have an escape from there? Am I like, kind of trapped? Like, no, you're on a corner. Up? You've got like every other direction to run. Okay, so basically, I just basically stand up. I don't necessarily like move too much, but I do make sure that I have a uh, uh, an escape route that is available available to me. All right. You'll hear a, 
a, a light grunt as he pulls himself up onto the onto the roof. It's like, okay. Fucking kids. What the hell are you doing up here? Do I have a better view of him now? Uh, very barely. Um, some light from down one of the other side streets that you came around is kind mm-hmm. of coming up and just barely outlining him. Uh, he's relatively slender. He's wearing a cloak. Uh, but other than that, you don't really get any definition. Uh, you can see his eyes again because he's looking at you. Yeah. I, uh, I say, uh, can I help you? Can I fucking help you? You're the one sitting on a roof. Is this your roof? No, it's not my roof, but you shady motherfucker sitting up here. So why should you care? Because I live in this fucking city. Do you take, do you take a passing concerns to everybody's moods in this passing city? So what, you're just up here brooding? Again, what is it to you? Oh, I'm sorry if it looked like you were casing out the house across the street. Um, I assure you, I have no, uh, sights set on that. Alright. Fair enough. And he'll sit down. So what's your problem, anyway? Again, why should you care? And why should I tell you? I don't know, because I'm a nice fucking guy. Or maybe you'll never see me again, so it won't matter. He'll pull out a pipe, and, uh, with a little, like, it's got, like, a little awning thing made of metal over it, mm-hmm. so that he can smoke it in the rain. And he'll, uh, he'll light it up, drag off of it. With the glow, you can kind of get a bit of a look at his face. So, uh, mm-hmm. he's human, uh, by, uh, first appearance. Okay. Um, he's got kind of a, maybe late 20s face, a little bit of scraggle on his uh, scraggle of a beard. Okay. Pull, pulls the pipe out. Hands it kind of towards you, so you smoke. Um, okay. I, I, I would probably sit down and take a puff. Alright. It's pretty strong. It's not a exceptionally high quality or anything, but it's uh, it, it's a powerful tobacco. Fair enough. I, I, I would imagine that, uh, like, while not a regular smoker, probably would have um, smoked here and there in uh, in the bars of various substances. <laughs> um, but uh, it's nothing extremely illicit. It's just tobacco. Yeah. 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 No, I figured as much. Um, so yeah, I would probably sit down and I would say, um, um, just my past coming up to uh, coming back to haunt me, not a tale I am particularly in the mood to share right now suppose that's fair enough. Can't say I've never felt that way. I just say, hmm. You from around here, kid? No. If you're having a bit of trouble with your past dredging up, I can think of somewhere that might help. I, uh, turn around with kind of a half smile. <laughs> Almost in incredulous fashion. And be, uh, turn around and, uh, um, oh, really? And where might that be? It's, uh, it's a little bit higher up from here. It's in the middle district. But uh, not exactly a uh, front gate kind of place. It's called the Caltrop. 
I can take you there if you'd like. <laughs> what kind of place is this Caltrop? Well, you can find all manner of relaxing things there. Fine drinks, fine smokes, and fine women. Hmm. I've got friends there, if you just want a taste. I, I give a little chuckle and say, <laughs> Alas, not such a place to fit my mood at the moment, but thank you all the, less, uh, all the same for the offer. So yeah, I kind of just uh, sit back down and stare back morosely. Same as how he, how I was when uh, he found me. After a couple of minutes, he'll ask you if you've ever had pesh. Um, is this something common? Is this something that my character would have encountered? Is this something my character would be familiar with? Go ahead and roll me either a um, alchemy, nature, or local check. Okay, I will give you a knowledge local. Uh, I got pretty high. I got a 26 as a result. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever partaken in, in, in it before. It's your choice. But Pesh mm -hmm. is an opiate-like drug. Uh, probably not. Lark would have stayed away from anything that is particularly addictive. Okay. Um, or uh, dangerous, or can get you hooked, or is expensive. So... Um, so then uh, I, uh, again, smile and sort of, like, turn to him and say, uh, um, uh, sorry, friend, but again, not my style. Suit yourself. I'm gonna head on. You should probably move on yourself before the guard makes a pass through here. Otherwise, they'll think you're as suspicious as I did. And he'll turn and kind of, like, start climbing down the wall. Okay. Don't mind us, just two dudes hanging out on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah what I would probably do then is I'd probably um, spend the next few hours just moving from Batman corner to Batman corner alright in the meantime everybody else gets their rest and wakes up Lark still traveling about the city brooding Uh, unaccosted by guards, you do a decent job of avoiding them through sheer luck, if nothing else. That's all this week. I hope you enjoyed. You can find us on Twitter at AeternaP, that's A-E-T-E-R-N-A-P, and at Eldritch Dream. I'd like to thank our patrons from Patreon, Tim Demuse of Fillmore's Crossing Podcast, a.k.a. LCP D&D, &D, Robin Mims of the podcast for the Untimely Dead, and Brian Rafe of Action Forge on YouTube. You can help support the show, too, by becoming our patron on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We'd like to thank Cryochamber for allowing us to use their dark ambient music. You can find more from them at cryochamber.bandcamp.com. We'd like to shout out some other podcasts that are a part of our Discord, The Hive, for the great support they've shown us and all the help they've given us. You should be able to find their Twitter links in the episode description. The Hideous Laughter Podcast. For a gothic horror Pathfinder actual play, you can't go wrong with this crew. You'll fail your will save and be rolling on the ground laughing. 
Fillmore's Crossing, also known as D&D LCP, is a spaghetti western 5th edition adventure full of laughs and great moments. You'll be hooked before you know it. Wheeler Woe is a Pathfinder 2nd edition playtest actual play, with amazing characters, an engaging story, and an awesome homebrew world. Roll for Sense Motive. Oh, wait. The Roaring Trainers is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons Pokemon actual play that is just what will hit the spot for any grown Pokemon fans. Equal parts awesome, funny, cute, and dark, this podcast will make your fingers go abracadabra alakazam on that follow and subscribe button. Hexrid Heroes is a rare Starfinder actual play that will take place in a homemade campaign and is filled with dark and awesome sci-fi skullduggery. Just don't let Edgar out of your sight. Thanks for listening, folks. Go ahead and finish your drinks, and we'll see you next time on the Eterna Podcast.